Hello everyone, I'm Armstrong Williams and this is the Strong Cats and it's a Strong Cats tax season. Philanthropy, charity, charity student loans, real estate, mortgage deductions, uh, entrepreneurship, healthcare, you name it. We're going to cover all the topics today with our very special guest, the president of Tax Masters Inc., Linda Dermala is in our house to talk about it. There's a, there'll literally be little of nothing that we don't cover in today's Strongcast that you've not thought about in this season we call taxes. So join us for this edition of the Strongcast with your host, Armstrong Williams. It's that time of year, it's tax season. Some people are disgruntled, some people are happy, some people are confused. Some people may be perplexed, but on this edition of the Strongcast, we're going to try to break down uh, the tax system with our very special guest, who always joins us this time of year, Linda Dermalar, president of Tax Masters Inc. I'm Armstrong Williams. Linda, welcome back to the show. Just to keep, get the ball rolling, what has significantly changed that people should be aware of? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, the main thing that affects everybody is a lower tax rate. For instance, if last year you were in the 25% bracket, which means if you were single, you had about 38,000 taxable and married with about 77,000 taxable. Last year would have been 25%, and now it's only 22%. So that's a 3% cut for everybody in that bracket. And everybody else's bracket dropped a couple of percentage also. So that affects everyone. You don't have to be married or single or whatever. So that means people get to keep more of their money. Yes. Now, unfortunately, some of their deductions have been eliminated. It used to be that people could deduct employee business expenses. Like if you had a nurse and she paid for her malpractice insurance or she bought a stethoscope or her uniform, she used to be able to deduct those mm. things. Those are no longer deductible. And there's many other things. You can't even deduct your tax preparation fee unless you're self-employed or have a rental property or a farm. It used to be you could deduct it in the old days under the old law. You know, so I, I noticed many people were complaining that they're getting back less instead of more than a year ago. But what they don't realize is that it really balances each other out. Ex yes, yes, I know exactly what you mean. People's refunds have gone down. But they still paid less tax. And here's what happened during the year. The employer knew the tax rate went down, so the employer stopped taking out quite as much tax. So at the end of the year, they've actually received the money incrementally during the year, but they're not going to get that average of $2,000 refund at the end of the year. And, you know, I like for my clients to get refunds. I realize it's their own money and they didn't get interest on it, but they use it for things like for paying their vacation or their children's college tuition. So for me, I think it's great for people to get refunds, and now they're kind of unhappy. And they're blaming Congress, but then, of course, I explained to them, you actually had the money, you just had it in small amounts during the year. You know, here's, here's what's amazing. is I like having thoughts that I've never really considered before, is how the government, um, through uh, whatever you, what you want to call it, have conditioned people that no matter what, amount of money they make or how little they make and anywhere in between, we're going to take from you through taxes for the good of society and how people faithfully, they pay these taxes because uh, they fear the consequences. If they don't, 
there's almost a sense of mind control um, that the government really is your business partner. And he's, then he's not even, the government's not even invisible. Is that when you work, you literally must consider your business partner, the federal government, the state government, and the local government, and whatever you do. It's true. From January through May each year, everything that you earn really goes towards taxes. So it really, we, have, we call it the Tax Freedom Day at some time in May each year. That's the day when you turn over and you get to keep everything you've made after that. Because the average person pays about 38% of their income in taxes, some kind of taxes. It doesn't matter federal, state, Social Security, Medicare, excise taxes. And that's everybody. Yes. That's and that's average. what people understand. Yes, 38%. That's significant, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and as you were saying, people do get this two, average $2,000 refund. The average refund each year is more than 2000 but that's only because a little bit of extra was taken out each, each paycheck every two weeks or every week or every month. So people look forward to that. And now this year, they're really surprised and, and dismayed not to have that money. But of course, they can go back and go to their W-4 form at work and they can adjust it in case they would prefer to get a larger refund next year. How do you respond to the narrative that the tax code no matter how often it is revamped, it, it benefits those who have more, more than it benefits those that have less. Oh, that's absolutely incorrect. You know, I really agree with that. Every time they think, well, con Congress changed it, then obviously Congress is doing something that's going to help congressmen and their friends who are all wealthy. And that's not true. They did some really good things this year. The child tax credit, if you have a child who's 16 or under, it used to be you got an extra thousand back for each child. This year it's two thousand, and it used to be that the credit was limited on your income. Well, now a married couple can have up to four hundred thousand dollars income and still get a two thousand dollar credit for each child. So these are good things that were done, and these are things that help people who make under $400,000, which means not the congressman and not their friends. So there are some good things that did happen. And there's also some bad things that happened for real estate, which is called like the SALT, you know, the state and local tax deduction, where people can only deduct up to $10,000 for their real estate taxes and their personal income taxes. So if that's limited to 10000 that really, really hurts the wealthy people. Because many times wealthy people will pay eight or ten thousand dollars alone just in real estate taxes, and also there's some other limitations that have been passed that are really, really good for people in lower tax brackets. So I, I'd like to I, I'd like to talk about what is benefiting people in lower tax brackets because that's the audience I really would like to talk to today, okay. and, and throughout Strongcast. Okay. Well, one of the arguments was that they've taken away my personal exemption. And it's true, there are no more personal exemptions. Remember when you fill out your tax return, it used to be you check off a box for yourself and your spouse and how many children you might have. Well, those are gone, there's no more exemption. But what they did do was they doubled the standard deduction. Now, standard deduction is something you get just for being alive. So if you were alive on January 1st of 2018 and you're single, you'll get an automatic $12,000 deduction. If you're married, you get an automatic $24,000 deduction. You don't have to give any money to charity. You don't have to own a home. You don't have to have any medical bills. You don't have to have a casualty loss or anything like that or pay any taxes. You just have to be alive on January 1st. So this is a great help to people because not everybody owns a home. And many people who are elderly 
they may own a home, but they have a little tiny beanie mortgage on it, and maybe their real estate taxes are low. So in the old days, when they itemized, maybe they only had ten dollars or $11,000 to deduct. Well, now they have 24000 So it's very individual. You know, I'd have to look at somebody if they'll show me their 2017 mm-hmm. return and their 2018. I can tell them exactly how much they benefited or how much they might have lost. So it all depends on your income and whether you're a homeowner or not. What about college student, college loans, college debt? expenses. How does the tax system impact um, the collegiate class? You know, this is a really good thing to ask about because so many of our kids have these student loans to pay off and also they're still in school. So there are a couple of different tax deductions. One is the American Opportunity Credit, which you're allowed to take just for four years and that's a really good one. And there's also the lifetime learning credit, which you can take for the rest of your life. So if you and I went back to school right now, we would be entitled to the lifetime learning credit, even though we're a little bit over 30, 40 years old. Interesting. <laughs> so, and there's also, of course, the deduction up to $2,500 for student loan interest that you pay. Uh, and this is super because we have a lot of kids who are paying student loans off. What about the area of health care and long-term care? Oh, this is a good question. Um, I bought recently long-term care for myself since I'm a little bit over 40, and I believe in it, but hopefully I'll never need it. But in any case, in order to deduct any medical bills, you have to either be very sick or very poor because the new law says you have to subtract the first 10% of your income. So let's say we have a married couple. The husband makes 40000 the wife makes 40000 So on the front page of their tax return, their AGI, that's adjusted gross income, would be $80,000, correct? So 10% of $80,000 is $8,000. So unless they have more than $8,000, they get zero tax deduction for medical bills. Mm. In other words, they could have 7999 in medical, nothing. And that would include their long-term care. But if they have $8,100 in medical, they can only deduct the 100 that exceeds the 10%. Wow. So, like I said, in order to have any medical deduction, you have to be very sick or very poor, unless you're self-employed. And if you're self-employed, we go back to the 1954 Tax Act, which allows self-employed people to deduct all of their medical bills as a business expense. So it gets a little complicated. If you're single, we have to make you a C corporation. And you say, well, I'm president of my C corporation. I think as president, I should have a medical reimbursement plan. So therefore, all of your medical bills are written out of your C corporation to pay. So they're deductible. And if it's a married couple and they work together, an example would be, we have many ladies that we do taxes for. We do a couple thousand realtors at my company, Taxmasters. And the ladies are the realtor, but sometimes the husband helps them. He goes out and he pounds the signs, or he delivers things, or he goes with his wife at night if it's something for business. So if he's a bit of a help, she can hire him and give him a little tiny salary, just 300 a month. But now he's an employee. Mm. She can reimburse him for the family's medical bills, including hers and their children's. So you turn these non-deductible linen, I call them, medical bills into personal business expenses, which are now gold. So that's alchemy, lead into gold. 
So the one way to deduct medical bills, whether you are single or married, is to have a medical reimbursement plan. We set up more of those medical reimbursement plans than anybody in the country. And I've been doing them now for over 30 years. It is the most overlooked tax deduction in the whole tax code. And it's been around since 1954. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing in our conversation today, was, I guess, is that the tax code actually should encourage entrepreneurship. Yes. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but they did one really good thing this year. They have encouraged people who are entrepreneurs, self-employed people. They've given them up to 20% tax deduction. That's just a tax cut off the top. So if you're single and your taxable income, after all deductions, personal and business, if your taxable income is under 157500 you can take a 20% deduction on your earned income from being self-employed. Now, a married couple can have up to $315,000 taxable income, and they get this same 20% deduction. And this can also be for people who own real estate. I think I've heard something about you in real estate, so this might apply to you. Well, I, I, real estate is uh, something that I'm quite familiar with. I've been uh, involved with it for decades, and real estate is one of the few um, instruments in societies that can really help you create real wealth if you especially understand how to work with the tax system and the tax codes. Many people will tell you that they can never understand the complexity of the tax system and they need a, uh, an, a certified accountant or someone to help them to better understand it. What happens to someone who feels they cannot afford an accountant to help uncomplicate the tax system? Or is it worth the investment to have one? You cannot, can't afford to have an accountant these years because there's so many new laws. They changed the law this year about how much you can deduct for uh, repairs on your property. You can deduct much more in the way of repairs immediately. You know how in the old days, if you did something to a property, you had to depreciate it over... But what if it's your residence? Uh, if it's your home... You have to wait until you sell it. <laughs> right. But yeah. but uh, investment properties, talk right. to, yeah, talk about that. Yeah. The, maybe it's because the president's involved in real estate. I don't know. But perhaps because these new laws have been uh, loosened up, you can take much more in the way of depreciation and much more in the way of um, repairs immediately. It used to be if you put something into a property, like maybe some equipment or furnishings or something like that, you had to depreciate them over 27 and a half years. Now you can deduct them immediately up to a certain amount. It's really super, but you need an accountant who knows the new law in order to figure this out. So you, you, if you don't pay someone to help you, you're going to miss out on all these deductions, which would be a real tragedy. So, so let me take someone as an example that I know, and let's just say someone bought their first home a year ago. Let's just say they bought the home around March. I, I, how is it best for them to take advantage of being a first-time home buyer, getting all the necessary write-offs, and make that house more of an asset to them? Okay, well, the first thing they're going to want to do is look for the 1098 form that'll come in the mail from their mortgage company. And it will have on the amount of interest that they paid last year on the loan and also probably the real estate taxes. So those are the two big things. So they'll be able to deduct all the interest and mortgage from March through December. So that's one number. 
Now they'll also want to add in anything they paid for contributions, and maybe they gave away a lot of things when they moved from their old apartment to their first-time home. But in any case, they're going to want to compare that number to the new standard deduction. So if it's a married couple and they don't get up to the $24,000 automatic standard deduction, then they're better off not even itemizing. Or if it's a single person and it's under $12,000, then they're better off with the standard. Now, they need someone who, to help them to compute it both ways, to choose which is best. Because if you do go to one of these automatic tax programs, it might just choose automatic standard deduction and give up on you. And that would be a shame if you lost a deduction. So how best is it, let's just say for young people just starting out who see the tax system more as a nuisance, how is it best to take advantage of the tax system? I mean, what are the assets? Should you get married? Should you buy a home? Should you buy a car? Should you start a business? Is there a particular food field that um, the taxes favors more than others? What, sh what should they do? Oh, well, first of all, getting married usually involves paying a marriage penalty tax. So before you get married, you might want to be informed how much extra tax you're going to pay. Because if you have two people who are single, they're both down here in the 10 or 15, 20% bracket. As soon as they get married, the first dollar of one of their incomes gets taxed at the rate of the last dollar. So you're going to have a little bit extra there. Sometimes there's some benefits, though, because maybe one of them earns much less income. Anyway, that's the marriage penalty. But the penalty, there is no penalty for being an entrepreneur. Anybody going into any business is a huge encouragement. You can deduct any reasonable expense, whatever it takes, including your car and your cell phone and a portion of your home. But you need to keep records. Yes, you need to keep records, or if not, the next step is just have a good accountant who knows how to draw these deductions out of you. Mm. So what, what are the biggest myths about taxes in this country? <gasps> Smith, let's see. Um, ah, the biggest myth? Is that the IRS doesn't make mistakes. They make mistakes all the time. Oh. They make a lot of mistakes, and it's not they're, they're, they're not making them on purpose. They just don't have enough information. Mm -hmm. If you tell me three things about somebody, I can tell you the answer. But if you can give me ten pieces of information about this person, I'll give you another answer. And that's the problem with IRS. They don't have enough information to give you the proper answer. And whose problem is that? The taxpayer or the person reviewing your taxes? The taxpayer? Well, no, whoever does your taxes, they should be interrogating you. You know, when people come to, get to our office to get their taxes done, when they leave, I've had them turn around and say, Linda, I feel like I've just been interrogated by the police <laughs> because we want to know everything. We want to know about their medical bills and their children and whether they're going to have parents that they need to support when they get to be elderly. We want to encourage them to put money in their 401k plan. And we also want to encourage them to save some money and not be spending it all on credit cards and purchases for G-Jaws that they don't need. They all need to read that book about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, no, that's probably also one of the misconceptions about taxes is that people say, why should I save for the future because my retirement money I have to pay tax on. But what I tell them is you can't live on Social Security. You certainly don't want to live on welfare or your church or your children. So if you don't put money away for yourself, then you're going to be dependent on other people. And you don't want to be dependent. You want to be independent. How does one avoid an audit or red flag by the IRS. Okay, 
the first thing to do is make sure whoever prepares your return is somebody reliable because Internal Revenue has a list of problem. they call them problem preparers. So uh, right now my office is handling audits for two ladies. The only mistake they made was going to the wrong preparer. That's the only reason they got audited because the auditor, the IRS went in and audited the accountant and they found out he was doing things that were not exactly proper. So they've taken his computer and they've gone through all of his lists and they're auditing all of the clients that he did in order to get money back. He was allowing people to deduct you know, clothing for their work. Now, certain kinds of clothing are deductible for work. If it's a uniform, if it has the name of your company emblazoned on it. But he wasn't. He was letting ladies take their hair and nails and clothing. And they're realtors. Now, you, they, you know, a realtor has to look good when they're working. But these poor ladies, they both live in Howard County. They both just happen to go to the wrong account. So that's one way to get audited. Another way to get audited is to do your own tax return. Because at the bottom of the return, there's a place where you sign it, and it says you're the, the signer. And then there's another line that says paid preparer. And if that's blank, then they'll look at your return and say, oh, look, Armstrong Williams was smart enough to prepare this return. That means he's smart enough to cheat. And look, he's got no one to defend him. He didn't pay anyone to do it. Let's go get him. That's interesting. <laughs> now, well, you know what happens. You make yourself a moving target. <laughs> But here's what happens. That's scary, actually. Yeah. Well, a lot of times what happens is the people will call us, they'll come to Taxmasters, and then we'll call the Internal Revenue and say, we're going to schedule the audit and we're going to handle it. And they'll say, oh, we didn't know that the preparer was going to handle it. Well, we're not the preparer, we so we're just going to defend it. And then a couple weeks later, we'll get a letter saying, this return has been accepted as filed. They don't want to see us. They, they, they know that Taxmasters are going to come in there with guns blazing, and we're going to win. <laughs> but there's a price for you going in there with guns, bla guns blazing. Yes, but of course, you don't want to go in on your own audit and lose. Because once you lose an audit, now you're on their list. And they'll say, well, maybe we should go back and audit the previous return. And the previous return, and they can go back three years or more if they want to. So what you never want to do is lose an audit. You want to go in there the first time and win, win, win. And my goal... Every time we handle an audit for people, is to get the client a refund, because that's even better. I'd like to, you know, we're going to charge them maybe eight or nine hundred dollars for this defending the audit. If I can try and get my client an eight or nine hundred dollar refund, they get to deduct what they pay me if they're in business, and the eight or nine hundred isn't even taxable. It's an untaxed refund. <laughs> so, in, in your experiences, how should the IRS simplify its forms? They did this year. Now, it sounds like a really good idea. The new tax form is the size of a postcard. It's on two sides. It's about this big. And I had a client say, oh, good, I'll just mail it in. I said, no, don't mail it in. It's got your name and social security number on it. It's got to go in an envelope. Okay, but the new little tax form, it's called a 1040. There's no more 1040A. There's no more 1040EZ, which were really nice for, for people in lower brackets or people that were single. They could file the short form. But anyway, there's no more short form. But this 1040, the, the new one, it's small. They had to invent six new worksheets to fill out the short form. So, you know the Paper Reduction Act? Yes. Mm -hmm. not, not working on this case. <laughs> because now that six new worksheets that you've never seen before, you're now going to have to fill out these six new worksheets in order to get the totals to bring them forward to the new short form. I should have brought it with me to show you. So, 
it's going to be really a nightmare for people trying to do their own tax returns this year. You know, I pay $31,000 every October for the tax program that we use in my office at Taxmasters to do people's tax returns. Now, I know you can get TurboTax or one of those for like $100, but my $31,000 program does all of these things, and it has all the lines, especially the new line to put that 20% deduction for self-employed entrepreneurs like you. Um, Lena DeMarlo, we're talking about um, the 2019, well, it's really the 2018 tax season that we find ourselves into. Why, why do people delay until the last minute <laughs> to prepare their taxes? Why? Is it they don't have the information? Is it they feel they have all the time in the world? What, what is it? It's just that deadline. It's a deadline complex. They procrastinate. And I have clients who always come every April 1st or April 2nd. They always make their appointment for the first week in April. They just don't want to do it any sooner. They feel like, I don't have to do it till April. Is it, is it overwhelming? Is it depressing? Is it something that people don't want to just bring themselves, to just throw themselves into because of what it takes to get your um, documents ready? It may be, but most of these people who are coming to see us in April, they're getting refunds anyway. And they always get refunds, and they always will get refunds. Probably this year it'll be a little less than they anticipated. But it's just, it's okay. We humor them, and of course, if, they, if they're not there exactly on time, we'll put them on extension till October. But then they start coming to see us October 1st, so then we charge them extra. And that's their penalty. Is there a demographic of people in this country that never have to file taxes, and if so, why? Oh, absolutely, yes. Well, because of this new standard deduction, a, a single person who has less than $12,000, they really have no incentive to file, but they may have had a little tax taken out, whether it's state or federal, so they're going to need to file in order to get the money back. Same with the married couple. They're going to get the first $24,000 tax-free. You know, if they're elderly and they get Social Security, that's not even taxable anyway, usually for lower-income people. So they really don't have to file. But if you had some money withheld, you know, sometimes people work part-time and they have a job or the, somebody's withheld some money on them, then in order to get it back, you're going to have to file, even though you don't legally need to file. How has the new tax system impacted or enhanced uh, 501c3s, the charitable foundations, philanthropic giving? This is not good for them at all, period. Because the standard deduction has been raised, especially for married couples, the $24,000, unless you give a lot of money away or have a good-sized mortgage or good-sized real estate taxes or a lot of income tax you pay, you're not going to get any tax benefit out of giving any money to charity. I just talked to a girlfriend of mine. She has no mortgage on her home. Her real estate taxes are about $8,000, and she gives about $5,000 a year to charity and she pays a couple thousand to the state of Maryland. So eight and 10, that's two, we're up to $15,000, but they're a married couple. So if they have to choose between 15,000 or 24, they're gonna go for the 24. She says, well, what about that whole list of uh, charitable deductions I used to bring to your office every year? I said, we don't need it, it doesn't help you, you'll get no tax benefit. She says, well, what about next year? I said, no, nope, not unless they change the law. So I don't know if this means she's going to give less money next year or not, but it, it could impact on the 501c3, and it could be very bad impact when people realize this. Tell our audience a little more about Taxmasters. 
oh, I started the firm over 35 years ago. Um, it has nothing to do with the one in Texas that went bankrupt. That's not us. We're tax masters of Maryland. My son now runs the company. I just go out and give speeches. And we have 20 people, CPAs, enrolled agents. Enrolled agents are very important because that means they've passed the exam that's given by internal revenue. And everybody's a professional. We specialize. You know what we specialize in is anything to do with real estate and self-employed people. We have a couple of thousand clients that are realtors all over the world. We have clients in 30 countries, 40 states. We're everywhere. And, and we love helping people. And we, if you're self-employed, we're the best. Nobody can do a tax return better than us. That's why I pay $31,000 a year for the program. Uh, is there a website address contact information? Yes, yes. Uh, Tax-masters.com. That's us. I want to thank you, Linda, so much. It's always a pleasure um, spending time with you to talk about tax preparation, uh, following your taxes, which many people consider to be a nuisance, but it's just uh, it's our way of life. It's just a business at hand. It can make your life a lot easier if you plan it well in advance and get just get it out of the way. Uh, when the opportunity avails itself. Again, uh, I encourage people to go to your website. What is that website address again? Tax-masters.com. Thank you. I'm Armstrong Williams. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Strongcast.